Okay. Can I be honest here? Yes. I used to rely on alcohol for a lot of things, including managing my PMS symptoms like anxiety, irritability, feeling blue, ugh, huge mistake. However, as a sober girl today, that is obviously not an option, but have no fear. Ladies, we found a solution to our PMS woes, alcohol so not needed. Enter Jubilance, your daily support and new BFF when it comes to true and effective PMS relief. It's so simple. Just take one capsule a day and keep your symptoms at bay. If you're interested in trying it, you can use the code SOBERGIRLS for $10 off your first order. I've noticed I have more energy, focus, less cravings, and my mood feels so much more balanced. Jubilance is a non-hormonal available over-the-counter and powered by two-ingredient formula used by thousands of women worldwide to live PMS mood symptom-free. Think less anxiety, less irritability, more peace, power, and dare I say, fun all month long. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com forward slash sobergirls or Use the promo code SOBERGIRLS at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E dot com slash SOBERGIRLS for $10 off. Now we know that finding the perfect non-alcoholic drink and symptoms feel like a major challenge, but we've discovered something that's about to knock your socks off and your taste buds too. Go Brewing. Did you know Go Brewing was rated number one, number one, Michaela, for non-alcoholic beer in the country, and rightly so. Fun fact, all of their beers fall under the gluten-free guidelines, so you won't get that gross bloated feel that you sometimes can get when you're drinking, let's be honest. Plus, all their brews without fruit have less than one gram of sugar. Because we want to feel sexy and sober and have fun, Go Brew is the perfect choice for us. And who says beer isn't sophisticated when you could just put it in a champagne glass like I do? My favorite at the moment is the Sunshine State Tropical IPA from Go Brewing. It's the mango and peach flavor. As a listener, you can save 15% by going to brewing.com slash sobergirls or by using the code sobergirls. Plus, get a free two-day shipping on orders of $40 or more. Again, go to brewing.com slash SoberGirls or use our code SoberGirls for 15% off. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Michaela. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Erin, and we are the Two Sober Girls. Uh, welcome to the Two Sober Girls podcast where we provide support, inspiration, and practical tips for those on their sobriety journey. So welcome. And today we have a very important topic to discuss, how to tell your friends and family and the world, right, wherever we go, (laughs) that you have chosen a sober lifestyle. And also like how to do this with confidence and how to eliminate that fear that goes around it. I know a lot of times uh, people choose not to even like discuss it with people. Like I would say like they're in that sobriety closet Mm -hmm. uh, because they're afraid of all of these things of judgment and you know, how others will take it. And it completely diminishes like the the whole beautiful thing that they're doing for themselves. Um, So it's a really important topic. So kind of, let's just dive right into it. So funny when you said that it brought me back to when I first stopped drinking And I, so I drink a lot, like in restaurants and like always went out to lunch and the kids are in school and had my rosé, my wine, and I wasn't prepared. So initially I didn't go to those places because I could not face, 
like they became, everyone at the restaurants became my friends. I would show up and it would be like, I had the same food, the same drink. And I was so overwhelmed, Michaela, that I didn't go for a really long time. I'm like, I can't go to those places because they're going to pour me a glass of rosé. Then I'm going to feel weird. And then I'm going to have this weird conversation. And then I'm going to think I'm going to hurt their feelings. Part of why I drank. I'm always trying to make everyone so comfortable. Like no one really cares, Aaron, like if you're not drinking. Um, so I didn't initially. So I think that's like really important. Give yourself some time until you are confident, until you really are living your why embodying it proud of it and then like now I look back and it's so funny to me because the me of today I have zero issue with you know explaining why I don't drink or declining a drink because it happens all the time when I'm out um but I did need to give myself time until I was ready and now it's like I'm so proud of it and I love that you brought that up like this is like the best decision I've ever made I'm so proud that I'm sober I'm so proud I'm out of yeah. the world living this lifestyle and there's just different energy when you are so sure in in mm-hmm. that decision it comes off very differently than if you're like oh I just can't drink and you're like you know like you're you're doing that dance and so people will have a different reaction so if you are willing to put a little bit of time and work into your sobriety and just like, like Aaron said, be really sure that, you know, like, obviously like this is the decision you're going with. Um, and then having those conversations, it's very different, um, and more impactful, you know, um, I know for me, when I decided that was my last drink, I didn't, I I also didn't tell people like, I just, I, I went about and lived my life without drinking. Mm-hmm. So when I would go to an event or a party, I would just decline a drink. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, it was just, and I felt so good about that, you know, because when we decide something for ourselves and we actually follow through with it, our confidence soars. Mm-hmm. It is just the science. It is what happens. But then on the flip side, if you do make a decision and you're you know, you're not so sure about it and you go out and you end up having that drink, your confidence actually goes down because now you don't have confidence in yourself. A hundred percent. And I think too, it holds people back so much about talking about this is that, you know, you don't want to feel like you have a problem, you know? So people would ask, "Oh, oh, you can't drink. Are you an alcoholic? And now I'm like, I am a proud member of AA. And yes, I do. And now my, you know, if anyone says, I'm like, I do have a problem. I have a problem with poisoning every cell in my body. I have a problem with ingesting a substance that wants me drunk or dead. Yeah, I do have a problem with alcohol. Um, and I want it so far away from me. And I have that confidence and that energy now. Um, and I'm so proud of my life in this decision. And I'm so proud that I'm a part of AI and I'm a part of our beautiful mastermind community of, you know, women that don't want to drink, that want to honor their body, their souls. But I think initially nobody wants to feel like, oh, you have a problem, which is so ridiculous. Like my son has peanut allergies. If he was like declining something with nuts, nobody would be like, oh, you, yeah, it's really weird. You have a, a nut problem. He'd be like, oh, no problem. You, you know, there doesn't, it's not good for you. You can get really sick. Totally honor that. We're so bizarro when it comes to alcohol. And then on the flip side of that, I think it's something we have to, and I know we're 
in this mission together, Michaela, to make people comfortable. It's like, yeah, I can't friggin' drink. And you probably shouldn't either, but you know what? I'm only gonna look at me because it's um, right. not me. Um, and I'm not here to diagnose you, but I can't drink. I don't want to drink. And I do have a problem with alcohol. And I'm so thankful I found the solution is abstinence for me. Let's just get over it. Like, how yeah, I think just finding the language that works for you yeah. is really important. I, I keep my responses really kind of like vague, you know, um, not, not vague. I just, you know, whether it's saying like, you know, I, I have a physical allergy to this because I, I wake up feeling terrible the next day. And I said, that's just not worth it for me. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, but like, it just, it's, it's not to change anyone's mind. Although I, when I do say it, I I do hope people start looking at their alcohol intake. Um, but you know, and I want to dive into how to actually like, what is the mindset process of sharing that you are quitting drinking? So for me, I think, um, you have to educate yourself. You have to educate yourself in knowing like what the alcohol is actually doing. Um, you know, read those quit lit books, uh, read those research papers like Dr. Huberman lab, right. Is, is, is fantastic when it comes to that, just knowing like the black and white evidence of what it actually does. And that will give you that confidence because when you know something deeply, um, when you have that decision and you talk about it, it's just, it's just with more power. Um, so you want to educate yourself. Knowledge is power. And, also practice self-compassion. Like remember that your choice to be sober is an act of self-love. Mm-hmm. I love um, Yeah. So you have to be kind to yourself and acknowledge your courage in making this decision, which is going against the grain in society. And um, really it's, it's a brave act. Um, and then rehearsing your message. Like what is your message? What are you going to say? So this is something that you can journal on and you can, um, highlight like the main points, you know, so you have it in your head, you can put it on your notes app, look over it. Um, but just practice what you want to say to your friends and family, write down those thoughts, Mm -hmm. even you can role play between friends. Mm -hmm. Um, the more prepared you are, the more confident you will feel. I love that. I love being prepared. And I think you should initially have like a one to two liner of your why and keep it short and sweet until you are in a place that you can discuss it more. But now, you know, I've had a couple of years by the grace of God in sobriety. I'm so comfortable. And I'm, I shared this with you before at a, a birthday, I was out with friends for cocktails and there was a, we're at a fun loungy bar and I was having my mocktails. And again, I'm having a mocktail. So you can't tell them I'm having a cocktail or a mocktail because and we're in a bar and this, uh, other young girl wanted to buy me a drink because she knew it was my birthday. And then when the waitress was like, well, you know, she's drinking mocktails. And so she came over, she came over to me and was like, she was very drunk. And again, no judgment. She was so sweet. And I'm like, God bless, God bless. But they got right up in my mush, like here. And my friends are like, do you know her? I'm like, it's okay. It's cool. Cause I'm sober. I can handle anything. Yeah. She mush, and she whispered, she goes, are you pregnant? And I was like, I am not pregnant. I'm like, I do not drink alcohol. And she looked at me like bewildered in her drunken state. I think she almost came to, and I'm like, wait, that was, that was beautiful. I'm so happy that I got to at least show her I'm out with my friends having yes. so much fun. 
fun, laughing, joking around, having a mocktail. You don't need the poison in that glass. You don't need the alcohol. But now I do laugh. Now I say, oh my God, I just feel so good. I could never imagine. Um, Why don't I drink? There's too many reasons. How much time do you have? Like, I am so open to that conversation and that dialogue. And I have it with my kids a lot. And I'm, I am really vocal about it because I do feel this is, you know, a calling, like, you know, that we're here to be this light and to be go against the grain and to, you know, especially to shift. Well, because you see what a difference it makes in your life and you almost want that for everybody else that you come across because everybody, I'm sorry, everybody who drinks a lot, like just has a hard time living. Yes has a hard time with health, has a hard time with relationships. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) I have so much to say on that, but you know, and it's, I've been there, you know, I, I, I've been there. I was drinking and I, I would lose things when I would go out and I would, you know, get into arguments or I would piss somebody off or I would not do the right thing. And I, I I didn't blame it on the alcohol. Like it, it wasn't like, Oh, I just, okay. If I cut alcohol out, then that's not going to happen. But guess what? That's what happened. Once I cut that out, I started doing dumb shit. Yeah. No. And isn't it funny? Like you never wanted to blame alcohol because you, we were so programmed. We've been so programmed. This is a way of life. Like how could we, it's not that it's not alcohol's fault. Oh, it's everything else. And as health coaches, how many times have you had the same conversation with clients and in your head, you're thinking, Oh babe, if we just stop drinking, guess what? You're going to lose weight. You're going to heal your body. Your skin's going to glow. Well, you're gonna you're not going to be as depressed. Wow. You're not going to have the negative thoughts. You're not going to have that shame. Like when we drink that, that shame gets turned right up. Mm-hmm. The depression for me got turned right up. The anxiety got turned all the way up. Um, the negative self-talk got turned way up. This is a chemical reaction that happens with your brain, with your body, it just does not agree with it. And so, yeah, I, I openly say I don't drink. Um, and I'm open to questions too. And it does sometimes open up to really great conversations. And sometimes it opens up to people convincing themselves that they're cool with alcohol and they're cool with just, you know, a few drinks here and there. And that's cool that it is what it is. Um, you know, I'm not there to preach. Um, but I just know how fantastic life is without it show up differently. Like I recently celebrated my youngest sister's 40th and I just am so much more present and attuned to the needs of people around me to the table. I stood up and I shared a speech, which then everyone at the table spoke. Oh, that's sobriety. That is just sobriety. It's like, okay, no, now is the right time we have to do this. And like, yes. if I was drinking, I'd have like one eye open, who knows what I would say. I'd probably cry the whole time. And now I get to like lead with and speak from and live from my soul, you know, but I'm with you and there's no preaching It's people have to come to this when they're ready. I do believe that. And if, but when I'm always ready to have that conversation with anyone um, and th- I hear this a lot, Michaela, and one, and a sponsee of mine that I'm just started working with, who's she's 70 and you don't even believe the things that, you know, it's funny. Like I work with all different ages of women, you know, people will say to her, how are you ever going to have fun without alcohol? And I'm like, what? 
How is it fun? The guilt, shame, remorse the next day, feeling awful in your, your physical shell. And that's if, not fun. And if that's the only time you're having fun, you have to reevaluate your life. I agree. And, and, and you and know, I, totally. Um, so let's get into, cause I know a lot of listeners are moms, they are wives. And I mean, we've even had this conversation in our mastermind is, you know, I don't want to drink, but my husband's still drink. How yeah. do I tell him? So let's, let's sort of cover that in here. Um, what is your advice on that? Okay. And I do think like for anyone listening, it's not as big of a deal as you think, like everyone take a deep breath and just, we build these things up like, Oh my God, no, it's everyone's okay. What I found in life, as long as you respect the people who are drinking and they can have their drinks, they really don't care too much about what you're doing. As long as you're not sitting in a corner, like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this. Like, you know, and judging and be a jerk. Like, okay. Like we didn't put down the drink not to live. Like I, I want to do more. I'm going to try it. Let's go to this fun place for dinner. Let's invite these people. Let's, you know, I want to socialize, but I think you just have to say, Hey babe, I love you so much. I'm not drinking. I feel amazing, but I get to be your driver now. How lucky are you? Make it light, make it fun. If your partner or any of your friends really have like a serious issue with you, not there's something more at play, pray for them. There's something bigger going on in their lives. And get support. If that's the case, you need extra support with your decision. Definitely. But what I've seen, even with our mastermind members, when they do speak to the husband and we sort of help them, we coach them through how to do this in the most efficient way. They're like, wow he actually like, he supports me. And and then down the line, right. They'll say he's actually drinking less and he feels better. And so imagine that sometimes people need this wake up call. Like, yes. you know, and we, as mothers, as wives, as the, you know, we're, we're our own leaders in the house. And sometimes we need to do things a little bit different and shake things up. And I mean, what a great way to shake things up. You know, you get to be more present with your partner, have to have better, you know, get to have better conversations. Um, You wake up feeling better. You look better, you feel sexy, you have more energy. And again, everyone would like a free Uber driver. Like, let's be honest. Like, like, honestly, like what I now bring to all my relationships are like, great. Oh, I'm like, no, I'll pick the kids up too. It's good. Um, so I just think like, have a conversation, but you're right. Like if, if someone's having more of an issue with you, not drinking with them, get support because it seems like it could be like their relationship with alcohol needs to be addressed. And that's on that. Yes. And I have an idea. So when you do speak to your spouse, obviously state this with confidence, with love saying you want to do this for yourself, for your health. And then have a list of suggestions of things that you can do on like sober date nights. Like let's go for a hike or let's go for an art class. Like do there's other things that we can do other than just like going out to a restaurant and like drinking, of course, or, or go to restaurants and just like actually try the foods. Like yeah. don't make it about the alcohol. Yeah. Order mocktails at your house, you know, have your stack up your own bar with things and you might be surprised. They might want to partake in that as well. And, um, so have those choices also available. And then if you're speaking with friends and this is the same thing, if your friends support you as they should, 
that's fantastic. Also offer up things to do that you can do instead of, you know, like a boozy brunch with champagne, you could do a nice regular brunch, like a, go to a health and wellness place and just like talk about life, you know, or mm-hmm. there's, I mean, you know, go to a yoga place. Like there's things that you can do that actually benefit your mind, body, and spirit. And you can grow in your relationship with your friends. Um, And if it doesn't, you know, if your friends only want you when you're out and drinking, like I have had friends like that, that I no longer see. Yeah. That's what our friendship was based on. And that was the season of my life that, you know, when I had those friends and now I'm in a new season, some stayed, some fell away, others you know, got added into the mix and it's a beautiful thing. You know, I'm a, I'm a totally different person. I, you know, than I was five years ago. Yeah. So, and it's okay. And you're no longer like, I feel like that arena is very chaotic. And so when you stop and the chaos is still swirling and you step here, you're thinking, I actually, I don't do, I can't do that sober, but I love you. Yes. I am to do this, but giving them an option and you, there's so many things that you can do that don't really involve alcohol on a, a date or an outing, or even maybe it does. Like I love going to concerts sober. Who would have thought not this girl? Like I always loved like drinking before, drinking after. I love concerts. I love, I don't, I don't need, you know, I don't miss obviously the alcohol, but then someone who drinks it's readily available. So there's places and things to do. And now I do like, like to go because I really love a beautiful dinner where it's like calm and slow. And I love like a a gorgeous glass. And I like to go to places that have like clean mocktails. So I will sort those out and then say, let's do this, you know, because that's me as the sober person to find like, Oh, this place has cool mocktails. This has food. I like, like just make those options. But again, go and live. You'll be surprised. And you're just not going to attract chaos which is normally what happens with, um, heavy drinking. Yes. And then also want to know set clear limits. So let your friends and family know like what you're actually comfortable with. And this Mm -hmm. might change in different seasons. So perhaps in the beginning, you're not comfortable with being around alcohol at all. And then that, right. I'm sure that was your case. And then eventually you moved into, please like, (laughs) whatever you know it, it didn't it doesn't matter at this point because like, you're so I- strong yeah exactly. you're so strong in your own inner practice and in your own dialogue that nothing outside of you can shake you right it's like that you are so right and this you again just triggered a memory um when you were early on no one's gonna know what you need except for you and so when I was early on again I was not healed I have done so much inner work um, and I was still very much a pleaser. I'm like, sure, I can do everything. I'm superhuman. And I really couldn't. And I ended up going to this family dinner very early in sobriety. Like I just, maybe I just gone out of rehab and it was like, it was not good. And I remember it was a place where, again, this is new sobriety. And so without alcohol, I felt like everything was super bright and loud. I lost layers of covering without the alcohol. And I wasn't ready. I didn't have my sober mindset, muscles, spirituality yet. Went to this place, chaos, chaos, chaos. It was like, I felt like it was just like, I was at like a nightclub. It wasn't. 
flaring. I like, I could just feel like the kids were fighting and, and I'm not, again, this is not to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. You know, I'm not placing blame on anyone. They were pouring wine, like underneath me. Like it was like, oh, here and here. And I was like, I'm going to like die. And I felt like this, I felt like everything was like pulsating inside me. And I felt like I was like holding on to the table and I, and that was hell. So I guess I'm saying to anyone listening, don't do that. Like it, it, that was hard. Know your triggers. Know then, your triggers. Do not it, go to those places that trigger you. People won't. It's not their yeah. job. To do. So they're not going to know like, oh, maybe I don't pour this in front of your face and ask you to pass it. Because the world is so, alcohol is so the norm, like we are not. And so you really have to know what you need. And I say, slow and steady, dip your toe in, find your rhythm, find your people, find your things and have that balance and have those beautiful things called boundaries Yeah, (laughs) to to keep you in your lane. And then just always have an exit strategy. So now if you go to places, you know, you can have your own transportation or somebody that you can call. And then lastly, like build your support network. I can't emphasize this enough, whether it's a coach, whether it's a, um, you know, somebody that you can have these conversations with and be vulnerable with your feelings and your growth and also creating those tools for yourself. Um, so we do have our sober girls mastermind. We cover every single topic you can think of in sobriety, um, especially for women who are, you know, who want to thrive in the world, um, Mm -hmm. and want it all. And then we do have a build your sober, um, toolbox, which is happening towards the end of September. So if you want that, that is a masterclass that we're going to be teaching. So it's going to be live, but then if you're listening to this, you know, down the line, it's going to be available for you to watch, just DM us the word uh, toolbox and we will send you the link. Um, But I'm excited about that. I think, you know, it's one important thing to, yes, to stop putting alcohol in our bodies. But then the second most important step right after that is create your toolbox. Yes. How are you going to cope with your feelings? How are you going to move through life? What are important things to you? What do you want to work on? What are your goals? What is, you know, how do we work on your mindset? Oh my gosh. I mean, that's when the work begins, but, yeah. and I'm not saying this like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of work. Like it is, but it's so fun. Mm -hmm. And I always say like, it's such a blessing to do my morning routine. It's such a blessing to do my evening routine and all of these things is it's what keeps me thriving and more than afloat to be a mom, to be a businesswoman, to be a best friend to myself, Mm. you know, finally, (laughs) you know, to just like see myself and ask her, me, what do we want today? Mm. How do we want to feel and ride with myself like throughout this life and nourish myself you know, to closing that gap for myself of who, who I want to be and just being here, you know, so important. I mean, so, but if you're here, you're in the right place. Yes. Uh, How to be high on life. Like sober, sober life is the greatest high, but it's work. It is the greatest high, but it's work. Like I, till my dying day, I will say this. I cannot believe we get to feel this good and to live in this space where it does keep getting better and better, but everything you just shared 
their daily practices and community support and guidance, people who've done it and can teach us, you know, along the way. And that's, it's everything. And you get to choose your heart. Yeah, you do. You get to choose, do I want to put in the work, be sober, thriving, fabulous, sexy, glowing, all the things, or do you want to choose your heart of the hamster wheel, feeling like crap in the morning? Both are hard. We just have to choose which one, you know, and we're in this camp that we're choosing to do the inner work, put that work in. And it's honestly, it ends up not even being hard because it just ends up being a way of life. That's why it's called a lifestyle. And I think that's so freaking sexy. Like, I love my lifestyle. (laughs) You know, in the beginning, it was like, okay, let's, it was a lot of trial and error. Okay. Learning meditation, how to I've probably tried every type of meditation, you know, got trained to do TM and, and, you know, visualizations and breath work and this and that. And it's like, now from all of the knowledge that I know, I can just literally sit on a couch and ask myself, what kind of meditation do I need? And sometimes it is a guided. Sometimes I need that extra guidance. Sometimes it is just sitting with me and my God and, and communicating. And I'm almost like opening up my mind and my heart to be filled because I need that sometimes. And sometimes it's just breathing, listening to my heart. Sometimes it's planning my day. Like I do this in the, you know, I visualize my perfect day. Like, okay, I, I want to do, you know, need to do this, this, but not with like an anxiety feeling. It's more like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. And just like, mentally rehearsing my perfect day. So then when I get out of bed, I can actually do it and following through. So Mm -hmm. there's like, we have to put in the work, the practice, and eventually it just becomes second nature. Like eating healthy was not easy for me in the beginning. Like I grew up eating, you know, teenage, being a teenager and European, like we we ate a lot of home cooked meals, but you know, it wasn't the healthiest. Um, and so I had to educate myself. And once I started and I started playing around and I started feeling better when I ate healthier, that was like, that gave me the motivation to learn more and more and more. And still, and now it's like, you know, if I, if I had a choice of two different meals, my body will gravitate towards something delicious and uh, like vibrant and healthy. Yeah. So things, the decisions end up being easier. Those hard decisions that probably, you probably might have very hard decisions, right? Because you're trained, your, your, your brain, your neurons, everything is firing differently. But once you put in that inner work, it's going to be easy. It's going to get easier. Know that. You change what you crave. You absolutely change everything you crave to be aligned with your highest self in the way that you were created to live and walk on this earth. Like, and once you change what you crave, it's a dance and it's a joy and it's blissful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the key. You have to change what you crave. This is what we do here. That is what we do. Yes. So if you ladies or gentlemen um, enjoy this episode, please leave us a review and a rating, send a screenshot, send it to our, you know, send it on your Instagram story. So, and tag us so we can share, um, share with our audience as well. And um, yeah, just keep doing the work. Keep yeah. coming back, listening to this, connect with us. You can jump into our Sober Girls Mastermind at any time. 
And at this point, we have about like 10 months worth of content for you to dive into and binge. Like, so if you're, I know a lot of you guys like love to binge on the podcast. If you're finished or if you want deeper work and more step-by-step action, just get into the mastermind. You can start listening to past calls immediately. All of the trainings get you in the Voxer group. It is so much fun. It is so much fun. I love this crew. It is true. Like there's so much content and we are constantly adding to it. Yeah. And you actually, once you sign up, if you are in the mastermind, you get the sober toolbox masterclass as part of being in the mastermind. Um, So that is, we love to serve. Alrighty guys, we will see you next week. Love you. Love you. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.